Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Kittles podcast. I'm your ghost with the most, Caleb. <laughs> welcome to our Halloween episode. I don't go blah de blah. You go blah de blah or something like that. Welcome uh, to Deadflix and Chills. Deadflix and Kills. Uh, that's true. Uh, Shalom, Corey. It's your once a year stop for the Halloween Spooktacular 6. What's this one? What's episode 6? Oh, uh, a new. 6 s- would be uh, Jason Lives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, a new uh, nightmare. Uh, uh, no, what's, um, all right, what's Halloween 6? Is that. Oh, The Curse of Michael Myers. That's it. The Curse of Corey Wonderly. Eh. And like a curse, I come back every year and I continue making terrible movies. Like herpes. Yes, like herpes or, you know, the the plagues of Egypt. Now they're RPs. Uh, so how is everybody on this fine dandy week where nothing bad has happened at all? Uh, I'm doing fine. I, um... Got a, a nice birthday surprise from my wife, which was uh, a, a new recliner and uh, an appointment to go and get uh, a full body massage. So I'm I'm thinking nice. that she's uh, telling me I need to relax. <laughs> yeah, well, you work like 70 hours a week anyway, so yes, probably. So let me ask you guys a question. Are you, are you doing anything for Halloween? Watching Hocus Pocus. Are are you planning to dress up as all? I'm just curious oh, as to what. God, no. If you guys are doing anything like that. No more than I usually dress up in the bedroom. So I think you'll you'll find this humorous. So unrelated, you know, to anything going on in the world, um, my girlfriend and I decided we were going to go as the Beetlejuice people with the masks and everything. Mm. Nice. And so, you know, I'm going to be Alec Baldwin. Oh, no. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> well instead of that you could be alec baldwin and she could be the uh the, staff member that he killed the, the cinematographer that he killed yeah everyone keeps supporting his staff member it is the fucking cinematographer of the movie and he yeah, shot the, the director the head cinematographer yeah, yeah. He, he all right unrelated uh, i just thought it was really funny uh, not i thought it was ironic that uh i coincidentally am going as alec baldwin for halloween Oh, that's fantastic! I, I hope I hope at least <laughs> what, four what people tell you timing. that uh, this is in such poor taste, and you could say, "Okay, okay." I, I'll say, "Well, I'm glad you're such a straight shooter with me on this, because you know, so am I." <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know. The more the more I hear and like read about that story, the sadder it gets. Yeah, I I read like a good bit about it around about like, you know, the armor. There's a bunch of stuff with the armor and the ape D and, you know, I just feel bad for Alec Baldwin. You figure real guns would be off the set after, you know, 
Brandon Lee back in the 90s, but I guess it has to happen like every 20 years where somebody has to get killed on set with a gun before we realize that bad idea. The real ironic thing is that Alec Baldwin is incredibly anti-guns. Yeah. he He's like the president of, I think, like an anti-NRA uh, organization. That sounds right. I don't know. Any anymore it seems like the NRA is pretty anti NRA. But um yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Yeah. I don't get that joke, but I agree. I don't just I don't know. They've been just like having cascading bankruptcies and shit cuz no one wants to join their shitty club. I don't know why anyone would want to join a like unless you're joining like a real gun club. Like like, like Corey's uncle. Yeah, like my uncle. Where, where we spent uh, Corey's twenty first birthday <laughs> at the gun club, getting getting real getting drunk, wasted. Yeah, Dan Corey's pretty drunk. Uh, could barely <laughs> walk, and then took a fucking shot of absinthe, and then and then on the ride home with his grandfather the next morning, his, his grandfather <laughs> just sat there driving him up, driving us home and roasting Corey the whole time. You, <laughs> you also forget that I vomited an entire orange peel somehow. That is cool. true. <laughs> Nobody knows where the because or- I didn't eat oranges the night before. Did you? So did you peel it like a snake? That's a reference to a trailer that we'll talk about later. Wonderful. No. <laughs> I mean, yes. Whatever goes well with the just cut what you know. Choose your own adventure. Cut cut in my comments. <laughs> oh wait, dude, you're gonna get sued for saying that. You can't say that. It's, it's an interactive podcast. Yeah, it's, it's pick, pick your path. Pick your own pot. Yeah. There we go. Uh, if if you'd like to. Uh, hear Corey say yes, uh, press one. If you'd like to hear Corey say no, uh, turn to page 37. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's enough banter. There's plenty of shit that we got to talk about anyway. So uh, let's do a quick segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the can! So, Corey, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Smirnoff Pink Lemonade. Smirnoff Ice. It's delicious. We live in those college days? I mean, it's not even the college days. These are just my days, you know. That's true. They're delicious. I don't have anything crazy. Next year, I'll be drinking absinthe. I hope so. It'd be great. Just watch you black out halfway through the episode. Uh, well, I am drinking a Coors Banquet beer because I think that's what Joe Colley, uh, Justice for Joe Colley, uh, was drinking in, in Midnight Mass. So, uh, yeah. I thought yeah. it was, mm, it, it was anything that I think had it was alcohol. Old Milwaukee. Yeah, he was, he was staring at Old Milwaukee in the fridge, but there was a time where yeah. they drove by his house and he was cracking some Coors Banquet beers. Did you know he was in Halloween Kills? Yes, he was, as uh, the new character from 40 years ago that had the flashback sitting around him. Yeah, Lonnie. Lonnie, that's it. Yep. Lonnie was in the first Halloween. I don't remember Lonnie at all. Whenever uh, Sam Loomis is creeping around the bushes for half the movie, there's oh, one point where that's kids right. go up, and he goes, Lonnie, you better get your ass out of here. And they all go running away. And then and Loomis I'm laughs. having Modelo. <laughs> okay caleb you don't have to watch halloween kills both Corey and i say it sucks therefore it's the correct opinion well i wasn't gonna watch it anyway 
I'm proud of you. Because that franchise is a mess. A big true. All right. Uh, one piece of uh, non-related news to this show uh, before we start. Uh, Corey's roommate, Tony, has a band uh, called Space Weather, and they just released a new single called Pyroclasm. Uh, it's on any place you can listen to music now. Go listen to it. Fun fact about Pyroclasm. The song title is based on a, what, a Golden Sun move? An attack yeah. from Golden Sun? Yeah. I just played through the first Golden Sun, uh, like, last month. There you go. Also, he, Tony and I spent four hours trying to brainstorm a good name for the song, and he didn't choose any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's a monster. Anyway. All right, uh, and I'll carry us over into news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right, well, <laughs> following up on our uh, extensive news breakdown last week, uh, the Netflix walkout happened over Dave Chappelle's uh, comedy special. It did. I'm sure everything went according to plan. Nobody did anything. There was no problems at all. Well, <laughs> unless, I don't know, there was a, a video from... Uh, the public freakout subreddit of, uh, I guess, I guess a clash, you would call it. Um, it was a guy. It's actually, he's, uh, uh, a comedian, Vito Gisualdi. Yeah, maybe. What a very Italian name. Yeah, very. Um, but he showed up with a sign that said, we like Dave. And was just saying, comedians are funny, jokes are funny, calm down, guys, you know. Uh, they didn't take too kindly to that. <laughs> uh, there's a video, it's it's amazing, we'll put it in the show notes, I guess. But uh, yeah, basically, like, this one person grabs a sign and, like, stomps on it to, like, break the sign part off of his stick and then screams, he's got a weapon in a <laughs> crowd of people with cops around. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy in particular. Yeah, I hope he's uh, actually in jail for trying to incite a riot. Um, But I know that he's not. Nothing screams equality like, get him. Yeah. Uh, there was somebody like, Physically assaulting this person, by which I mean, uh, you know, T-posing in front of him and, like, <laughs> physically forcing him back. I, I realized uh, later, I think they're praising the sun, actually. Uh, it's true. But, yeah, th this woman got up all on his grill the whole time and was just like, you're invading my space. J meanwhile, she's the one who approached him and just shoved her arms out, like, to make as much space as possible so he couldn't be, like, he couldn't approach the crowd in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, basically, she was manspreading. Yeah! <laughs> Which is, uh... I don't know. This, this whole thing's wild. Uh, and then the video kind of culminates in, uh... <laughs> someone with a tambourine, like, shaking it in the guy's face and screaming, Repent, motherfucker! Repent, motherfucker! Repent, motherfucker! <coughs> oh my god. She's the best part of the video. It's really great. Because there is an AP photo that the guy, it shows like another angle of the confrontation and it says that the man was the one screaming profanities. But if you watch the video, yeah. he says nothing the whole time. And the, the, the woman with the tambourine is just like, 
guy just shaking it in his face. It's fucking hysterical. Yeah, but this uh this AP photo, it's taken from like the the walkout side, I guess. And it's like the guy's face framed in the tambourine. Uh, and it says comedian and videographer Vito Grisaldi screams profanities as he engages with peaceful protesters begging him to leave outside the <laughs> Netflix building in the Hollywood section of Los Angeles. And then you Mostly compare peaceful protests. Yeah, you compare and then, that and then to... you watch the video. Yeah, <laughs> and, he was, and you're like, oh, I mean, I mean, literally, like, if he wanted to file charges for assault, he would have a leg to stand on in a court of law. I feel. Probably. I don't know. There's there's shit that happened before. There's shit that happened after that video. But if we're taking the video as like a microcosm of everything that happened that day, uh, not a good look. Yeah. So as uh, stupid Netflix gate winds to a close, um, how do you how do you feel about it, Dan? Um, are, are we going to miss having uh more ridiculous things to talk about in the news segment. Oh no, cuz we have a Dave Chappelle block party special coming out in November. So, it's this is going to be right back in the news cycle again. <laughs> Hooray. Corey, from what I understand you watched uh the special in question. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's a it's another Dave Chappelle special. It uh, my feeling is that says you uh, a cis white man and therefore uh, the embodiment of Satan. Well, so you know. tell tell us about how funny you thought it was, Hitler. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I, I cracked up a couple times. I I feel like a lot of people. You know, this could just be me. I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of people didn't actually watch the special because there's like a punchline at the end of it that kind of sums up his actual feelings about it and why he's so mad about certain things and you know it not that you know he's right or wrong or whatever i don't i don't give a shit what a comedian thinks about anything to be honest but i don't know it just seems like people are mad because he has his opinions and then you know other people have different opinions that are equally valid but they're more right you know what i mean well they think they're more right I don't know. This is what this is like a microcosm of what I hate about like modern style like social activism cuz it's like it just you just go out and scream at people. Yep. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like well, I don't know. The thing that doesn't make sense is that like like imagine fucking Martin Luther King Jr just like going up to cops with a fire hose and just shaking a tambourine at them <laughs> and screaming repent motherfucker my <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite thing is that like Dave not that Dave Chappelle's like a shock comedian but like what's the one thing that comedians thrive off of it's like yeah. opposition like the more somebody gets pissed about something, the better off they are. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, because like he's because he's playing a character on stage and trying to elicit yeah. a reaction from people. Well, I mean, let's even look at Ginny in Georgia, a show that you know we thought, hey, this show is going to die on the vine, and no one's ever going to think of anything about it again. And then Taylor Swift notices a joke in it, or somebody Taylor Swift knows notices a joke about Taylor Swift in the show. So, you know, Taylor Swift makes a tweet about it, and then all of a sudden, it's a show that's going to get uh, renewed for a second season because of its publicity. The Streisand effect is real. 
there's there's a really good joke Dave Chappelle has where he says he talks about how after one of his specials some woman came up to him in like a parking lot and she started like yelling at him for being homophobic and he said bitch did I come into your house and do my stand up special in front of you she was yeah. like no or, and he goes, or did you pay him to do it mm-hmm. but, but, but then he goes keep this shit in the comment section and I feel like that's really where all these kind of things need to just die. Is like it's fine if we're keeping everything in the comment section, but when internet turns into real life, I feel like people kind of miss the plot on a lot of stuff. Like just well, shut your computer and go hang out with your friends. I don't know. The internet sucks because it gave stupid people a voice and yep. the confidence to use it. And like now it's spilling into reality and it just it is what it is. But also, I'm a cis white man. That's true. I think the other thing is like the internet isn't reality a lot of a lot of the time because like if you look at the 2016 election, everyone everyone on the on the internet was like memeing on Trump, being like, "What a fucking idiot this guy is," and then all of a sudden he comes out and wins the election like pretty handily. So you know, well, yeah, the most famous person wins, right? And and that's the thing. It's like you kept talking about him, so you kept him in the consciousness, and that's what Dave Chappelle is doing. Like you keep talking about him, he keeps putting out specials that are twenty million dollars that he's getting uh, uh, getting about for those those specials. Like, is he worth it? Yeah, because you keep talking about it, you keep watching it, you keep making other people watch it, you know. And then you let other people make informed decisions or make decisions for you, because that's what it seemed like was that you know. The cre- the showrunner for Dear White People came out and said, hey, this is very transphobic. And then a lot of people just didn't watch the Dave Chappelle special afterwards <laughs> and just made up their opinion based off of what one person said. It's like the Squid Game subtitles. Yeah. Everyone, n- how many English, pe- how many English speaking people would have known that the Squid Game subtitles were dog shit unless somebody from like who- as somebody who spoke Korean understood what they said. And then everyone dogpiled on the fact that the, the subtitles were dog shit. Nobody. Can't make up your own independent thought. Shut the fuck up. Stop trying to silence people's voices, Dan. No. Yeah, you're speaking to the the underdogs. We white men will rise again. (laughs) Oh, God, don't say that. I don't know if you can say that. (laughs) Uh, It's fine. It's it's, it's satire. I said said jokingly one time, I was xenophobic, and everyone understood that it was a joke. To to pull things back and calm things I, I down also a little am bit. I'm afraid of the monster from the Alien movies. <laughs> I just want to say I was watching Song of the South recently, and uh, oh no, yeah. oh no! <laughs> I'm kidding. It's impossible to find that. that. That is true. That is impossible to find. They won't even put it on Disney Plus with it with a disclaimer saying, "Hi, this is and incredibly <laughs> problematic." Uh, in the early days of Disney Plus, Christiani, one of our patrons, uh, was very adamant that Disney Plus put. Song of the South on their streaming service. <laughs> they should just get Whoopi Goldberg to tell people that it was a different time. <laughs> get get Morgan Freeman to do it. He's good at making white people feel comfortable. <laughs> you think that's why Dave Chappelle got him to introduce all the specials? Because it's like, oh my god, Morgan Freeman's calm voice. That'll, that'll draw me in. It, and uh, then... it, does, it does lend him an air of credibility, yeah. I will say. I mean, also, Dave Chappelle just has the ultimate fuck you money. I heard a story about him where after he does a show, he, like, brings in a medical team to give him, like, a vitamin IV drip <laughs> so he's not hungover. 
Uh, I don't know why that sounds so funny to me, but it is. It's true. All right. Tell us about the Netflix earnings call, Dan. All right. Uh, stop me whenever you guys want to talk about something. I'll leave a little pause in between everything, and then we'll move on to the next thing if I don't hear within like a couple seconds. So, uh, first of all, Netflix added 4.4 million subscribers, bringing their grand total now to uh, 213.56 million subscribers worldwide. Quarterly revenue is now at $7.483 billion, uh, so a little bit more than uh, $2 billion per per month. So in case you're wondering, everybody, this is how Netflix makes money. Uh, Squid Game had 142 million views. And then finally, uh, Netflix will be shifting to reporting hours viewed instead of number of accounts viewing a thing later this year. Uh, I don't know why they're doing it, uh, but everyone on the internet got mad. <laughs> they were mad before. I'm certainly outraged. I can't believe they would tell me how many hours I watched something. Yeah. Uh, it used to be 70% completion, and then everyone was like, 77% completion? That's so dumb. Why wouldn't you just live to-? And then they're like, okay, we'll give you less information. And then everyone got mad. And then they're like, all right, we're going to give you uh, quantitative, like different quantitative information. And now everyone's mad. Like, I think they should make it 69% uh, viewed. Oh, I agree. Nice. Uh, I, I, I'm at the point where I think they shouldn't release any information, because I'm tired of hearing everyone complain. <laughs> I think they should just send everyone a picture of their balls. Just I agree. the same, Johnny Craig's balls. <laughs> if I could post that on the internet without getting canceled, I would. I mean, you know, you could. I could, because fuck Johnny Craig. Unless he's got some MacBooks to well, sell, no. in which case, you know. His new album came out, and it's pretty good. I digress. I didn't even know he was still making music. I, th- I assumed that he was done. No. Good for him, I guess. Whatever. Uh, let's move on to Downstream and talk about some trailers. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, the first trailer this week is for a new anime sp- a uh, series called Super Crooks. Luck's never been on their side, but this crew of small-time crooks with superpowers recruited by none other than Johnny Bolt are rolling the dice on one last heist. Their target, a ruthless superpowered crime boss. What can go wrong? Based on the graphic novel of the same name by comic book legend Mark Millar. Oh no. Uh, this yep. superpowered heist story about eight supervillains is jam-packed with action and told in 13... 30-minute episodes, lushly produced by Bones. Uh, so real quick, yes, Caleb, this is set in the universe of Jupiter's Legacy. Uh-oh. Yep, this is their next attempt at a soft reboot of that uh, fucking franchise by giving you an anime series instead of uh, a live-action one that's way over budget and terrible. Yeah, let's see if it works as well for them as it did for Bright. Big true. Still haven't seen that movie. Uh, Corey, what do you think? <laughs> uh, you know, I like anime. So, you know, I probably won't watch this, but I'll put it in my list and forget that it was there for six months. And then uh, eventually I'll delete it. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right with anime. I did watch Black Butler, I think, and that was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Bricky but true. <laughs> Stop making fun of me doing Japanese voices. <laughs> so scary. 
Yeah. Uh, Wakama Games feel. Uh, do you remember, Caleb, in, in the Clarion area, there was uh, the Japanese all-you-can-eat buffet, Sakura? Yeah. Yeah. We when, Anytime we'd go there, like on the Sunday after a big party at Corey's uh, house on Liberty, uh, we would we would just, in all in our most Japanese voices, just go, Sakura! 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 Sasuke! You know. Osu. Like a bunch, Very respectful. Like a bunch of, of racists, you know. Respectful racists. No wonder you like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> uh, the next trailer is for The Lost Daughter. Uh, a woman's beach vacation takes a dark turn when her obsession with a young mother forces her to confront the secrets of her past. Uh, written and directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh, cast includes Olivia Coleman, Jesse Buckley, Dakota Johnson, Ed Harris, Peter Sarsgaard, and Dagmara Dominzik. Yep, that's a name. And Paul Mescal. Mescal. Names are hard. It's true. Uh, at least these aren't Japanese or, uh, you know, Eastern in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Corey, you didn't watch this trailer, so you have no opinion on it. Uh, I don't know what this movie's about. I can't wait to watch the middle 30 minutes of this while playing something on my Switch. I know that they said that it's uh, a masterwork, according to uh, the rap. Yes, acclaimed outlet that I barely ever know exists. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it, it does the thing in the trailer where it like shows you accolades for it throughout it, so. Yeah, it's a festival movie. But yeah, I don't really know what it's about, except there's like a mother who hates her two daughters. So a regular and then parent. another woman who, you know, yeah. Yeah, because kids ruin your life. And you realize you're stuck with it and you you have to love them because that is the law. That's true. Uh, I didn't realize that was Dakota Johnson. It does not look like Dakota Johnson as the mother. Who's Dakota Johnson? Uh, Fifty Shades girl. Oh, uh, yeah, that girl. OK. Yeah, yeah. That, that did not look uh, like her. I know way too much about Dakota Johnson, <laughs> including yeah, you... what all of her body parts look like. Yeah, you do. Why? Because a friend of ours who was a bastard made me watch all three of those movies and review them. Huh. Yeah. Are they, like, that graphic? I mean, it gets you there. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, good for you. I think uh, there was one part during the second one where I had a raging semi. A raging... I don't... Uh, that does not seem like complimentary ideas. <laughs> uh, I was good. perfectly half-chubbed. <laughs> I was at peak half-rection. Yeah. Not turgid, not flaccid, just a nice <laughs> in-betweener. I could go either way. If my parents were to walk in, I could get down. If I had to go up, I could, and, you know. Yeah. Could always, I could always just... You know, tuck it I into my waistband. I can throw a blanket waistband. over myself, and it looks like I'm just reading a book. I'm reading tuck, the Bible. Tuck it into the waistband of your sweatpants and just keep keep powerlifting. <laughs> Why not read the Quran, you racist? <laughs> I was working on it. You know, you gotta start... I, I was starting with the Old Testament. I like to read my, you know, theological works in chronological order. That's how I get the whole cinematic universe. That's the way to go. The cinematic universe. Hmm? Eh? I didn't realize that 
there, you know that, that senator in uh, Arizona, Kristen Sin- or Caitlin Cinema. I was like, yeah. I was like, that's a great porn name. And then I was like, oh, they're a senator. Well, that's unfortunate. I mean, it's still a great porn name. Maybe they do porn on the side. Yeah, maybe. A Senate in the streets and a porn star in the sheets, as you were. <laughs> if you're if you're rich enough to buy your way onto the United States Senate, you've probably taken it in the ass once or twice. I'm just saying. Yeah, I've seen House of Cards. I know how this goes. Yeah, right. There's the, exactly. there's that episode. There's that episode where they do the thing, where they're they have the secret society thing, and it seems like they fuck each other in the butt that whole weekend. That's a real thing. That's the Bohemian Grove. That was that that was based on, which is a real place. Yep. That. House of Cards is a documentary. All right, that'll move us into our next segment, uh, which is called Quick Hits, where we talk about some shit we watched this week. What's Kevin Spacey up to? <laughs> oh, good question. Oh, he'll he'll make he'll make another fucking weird Christmas video. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We haven't we haven't gotten to that point of the year where we cover Kevin Spacey's annual Christmas video. <laughs> I'll come back for just that video, <laughs> the five minute review. You never really saw me die. That's. <laughs> That's still like an all-time moment in human history to me. <laughs> Alright, uh, so Corey, you're the guest this week. Why don't you talk about some of the shit you watched this week? Alright, so I have a couple interesting... So, uh, you know, been watching Seinfeld. There you go. Classic. Uh, you know, just my comfort food. Uh, not much to say on that, except it's great. Uh, I also watched the the middle three episodes of The Maid. <laughs> uh, from the middle three episodes, that show's fantastic. I have no idea how it starts or ends, but let me tell you, that Margot Quagley is fantastic. Nope. nope, can't can't abide by that. She's real good in it. You should watch I, it. You should half watch it while you're doing something else. I, it's surprisingly good. I just... It's very, it's very dramatic. After fucking Death Stranding, where she was so lifeless the entire time, I was just like, I don't want to see this woman in anything ever again. And the fact that she's Andy McDowell's daughter makes me so mad. Let me tell you what, Andy McDowell was like amazing in that show. It, it was like one of the better like acting performances I've seen in a while. She was like so on the nose of being a fucking crazy bitch. It was good. So the first, you know, the middle three episodes of that show, fantastic. Uh, I also watched, without having seen anything preceding it, the last three episodes of season three of You. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I don't know what comes before that. I don't know the context of the show, but the last three episodes of season three are the most batshit fucking insane thing I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. I don't know if the whole show's like this. I don't want to, you know, get too in-depth in it, but it's fucking wild. Caleb, talk about the first season that you watched and then promptly never watched again. Uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> Listen, with l- let me put it this way. You should watch the last three episodes simply because at one point the main guy gets involved in, uh, like... They use the term hot wife. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he gets involved in a, a sexual tryst with somebody, and it just 
really fucking goes somewhere. <laughs> well, when okay. I hear the word sexual, I'm there. Yeah. And like I said, you don't have to watch the whole show. Just watch like these episodes with no context, and it's even better. Okay. Um trying to think. I think that's all that's really all I watched. Alright. Sounds good. Uh I didn't watch fucking anything, because I'm a stupid piece of shit. Uh so Caleb, what did you watch this week? Alright. Um well I watched Tommy Boy. Uh, I just wanted to mention it because it's one of the two movies along with Billy Madison that I quote every day. Uh, if I do, if I ever do something stupid, I go, I was checking the specs on the rotary girder. Damn retarded. <laughs> can't say that anymore. You can't. You can't. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of expecting, uh, half expecting Netflix to like fucking bleep it out, but they didn't. Good for you, Netflix. Now bring back the Always Sunny episodes that yeah. you removed. Or maybe, uh, like, show the actual gory parts of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that for some reason they just put, like, a black smudge over all, like, the blood in part four. Weird. It would you, is would really you recommend weird. JoJo? Uh, I love it. I've It's on my list of, like, animes that I kind of want to get into, but... It's, if you recommend it, I'll watch. You'll you'll like it if you like insane over the top things. I do love that. There you yes. go. Also, I watched Labyrinth starring Jessica Connolly and David Bowie's penis. <laughs> uh this is this is the spooky little kid puppet movie. Thanks, Jim um, Henson. Yeah, just just threw it on while I was playing some Metroid Dread, so it's uh it holds up. It's quite good. Uh, I also watched Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein, similar context. It's just uh, something I've seen before that I can kind of throw on and have there. And uh, David Harbour does the the Orson Welles thing where he's yeah. like obnoxiously drunk trying to do a commercial. <laughs> uh, it's good. I I love this. Like, it's one of the the three like weird little short films on Netflix that like we're obsessed with and keep going back to. And uh, I love that, like, the the conceit of it is, like, David Harbour is digging through, like, archival footage of this, like, stage play for television that his dad did. Uh, and, like, the one guy in it is, like, the old sea captain, who I guess is just an actor that his dad liked and wanted to have in his thing. So he'll just have him come in, like, he'll come out from behind, like, a hidden door behind a bookcase and then talk about how the sea is raging that day, and then just walk across the room and out the front door. I love Alfred the Molina so much. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, that was Alfred Molina, huh? Yeah. I don't recognize the girl, and I don't recognize the 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 other male actor, but, you know, Alfred Molina, David Harbour, knew exactly who those two were. The, the girl in it is the, um... She was in The Goods, and she's in Step Brothers. No, I'm think I'm nope, thinking. Still here. I don't. I don't. I have no idea who that person is. Because in Step Brothers, all I can think of is Catherine Hahn. Yeah, is that not Catherine Hahn? No. Oh, well, it damn sure looks like her. Then, kind then of. Then it's none of those people. <laughs> yeah, it's neither of those people. Then. It's a. It's a vaguely Catherine Hahn-like woman. I have to look this up. Well. 
I did. I just remembered I did watch one other thing. Oh, go for it. I watched Adam Sandler's Murder Mystery, which I've seen before, but, yeah. you know, I just wanted to watch it again. Hey, it's good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's surprisingly not terrible. Yeah, it's it's the best of the Adam Sandler movies that aren't Hubie's Halloween. <laughs> that is true. Uh, the woman's name is Kate Berlant. I wish it was Kate Beckinsale. Uh, sh- she's in. She's like sprinkled through a bunch of shit. So good for her. All right, Caleb, talk about the the final thing. Uh, the final thing I watched is Night Teeth, a Netflix film. A college student move- moonlighting as a chauffeur picks up two mysterious women for a night of party hopping across L.A., but when he uncovers their bloodthirsty intentions in their dangerous, shadowy world, he must fight to stay alive. Um, that's kind of what the movie's about. I don't know, it's... Apparently, like, the... L.A. is run by, like, different vampire crime families. Um, and then, like... This kid's older brother is a vampire hunter, and, like, there's a truce that, like, vampires can't feed without consent, basically. Um, and, like, somebody breaks the truce and starts, like, actually killing people. Uh, and, like, what these two women are doing is basically going around to, like, all the different vampire hangouts and, like, doing, like, a series of heists to, like, take out all the leaders of the the crime families in one night and like um so that like their their gang can take over the entire city. Um and this kid's just kind of caught in the middle of it. It's uh it's not great, but it's fairly entertaining, I guess is how I would characterize it. And if you have seen a, a vampire movie before, you probably know how it's gonna end. So did it suck? I hope it doesn't <laughs> suck. Uh, I was okay. I'd give it like a three. Nice. And that's it. All right. So uh, with that, we're going to jump into a quick break. And when we come back from said break, it'll be time to talk about our main view topic for the week. Midnight Mass. You thought it would be the old mid-roll ad break, but it was me, the one that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meme. The following patrons have abandoned their human frailty and joined Lord Dio's eternal army. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, James De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Nerd Revert Jason, Sam, the Hurley boy Hurley, Giuseppe Vicaretti, and Dan's mother. If you'd like to become a patron so we can use your money to finally destroy the Joe Star family forever, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Brand yourself as part of our unholy army. Go to netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me what a good job I'm doing as your immortal overlord. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for helping us manifest our stand abilities, which give us the power to watch terrible movies and TV shows and do like rapid punches and stop time or whatever. Seriously, go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Part 6 comes out in December.
Welcome back, everybody. Caleb and Corey. It's time to get into our main view topic for the week. Escape the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, this is the best thing since uh, 1996 when Undertaker threw mankind off Hell in a Cell and crashed, plummeted 16 feet through an announcer's table. No, he, I... no, he went through the cell and went through the mat. Or no, he hit his head on a chair, which uh, knocked his teeth out, which went, then sent them through his cheek. This is a real thing that happened. Uh, Corey, They're give, all facts. Corey, give me the stats on Escape the Undertaker, which is a real thing. All right. So Escape the Undertaker is a 4.1 out of 10 stars on uh, IMDb. <laughs> that is correct. That's uh, roughly 31 minutes long, and it stars uh, Mark Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker, Elliot Ewan, a.k.a. Big E, Kofi Kingston, a.k.a. Kofi Kingston, and Austin Watson <laughs> as Xavier Woods. <laughs> Kofi Kingston as Kofi Kingston. Why is he the only one that keeps his name? I, I think he did the smart thing and made his in-ring name his acting name, so good for you, Kofi Kingston. Uh, it was directed by Ben Sims. Okay, so fuck you, because now I absolutely have to watch this. <laughs> Because uh, the logline for it is, can the New Day survive the surprises at the Undertaker's spooky mansion? Uh, and it's apparently a, a choose your, I mean, a pick your path thing. That is I, correct. You can decide their fate. Yes. It, it's fantastic. Cool. It's uh, so five good. stars. I haven't seen it yet, but this is my favorite thing on Netflix now. Yeah. Uh, so it's a WWE thing. It's a wrestling thing. Uh, Corey and I both kind of like we're in this era where both New Day and the Undertaker were like, a thing, and now The Undertaker's retired, and I guess now does this kind of shit. So Corey was like, hey, we should do this as a lark to, to uh, screw up Caleb, and then uh, it turns out you love it now. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, shit. Look. Well, I know what I'm doing tomorrow night. Yeah, it's so fun. D did, you, did you watch it, Dan? Oh, of course. Of course I watched it. I actually, I actually participated. How fucking tremendous is it? Like, the cinematography's mm -hmm. great. It's fun. It's like a Scooby-Doo episode. It, like, they know the tone they have to go for. It's super pulpy. Like, the New Day's having fun with it. The Undertaker, to a degree, is having fun with it. Like, uh, he, they his explain hair's, his he, powers. They explain his powers. They give him a backstory. Uh, the Michael Cole voiceover is fucking horrendous. So it's all the hallmarks of a WWE thing. I I unironically huh. say this was Is my it? favorite thing I watched this week. So just like looking at the the art for it on IMDb, for just because like I am a millennial, it kind of reminds me of like the vibe of the fucking Backstreet Boys uh, music video where they're in the fucking spooky mansion. Is yeah. it like that? It's very similar to yeah. that. It also reminded me a lot of, do you, this is very obscure, but do you remember that there was a Tales from the Crypt game show where people would go into the spooky mansion Ooh, and, vaguely. Have to, and have to do like a bunch of challenges and stuff? Oh, so it's like it's spooky Legends of the Hidden Temple. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you remember Legends of the Hidden Temple? Why yeah. are they bringing that back? They They did. It's back. There's an adult version of Legends of the Hidden Temple airing is it, is now. It, is it back right now? What's it on? I have no clue. I think the CW, maybe? I just know, I saw oh, on Reddit so people were talking <laughs> about uh, the first episode airing on Thursday. Last Thursday. Well, there you go. 
Yeah, man. Like, I, I'm not going to say this is like a cinematic masterpiece. It's fun. And that's what it comes down to is it's, it's just a fun, stupid thing that blew 30 minutes of my time. And I enjoyed it. Did you like right. go through multiple times or did you? No, just I just went one? through the one time. I just did went through one, two. And I think I got like the optimal experience for what I wanted. I started over because it was like, hey, instead of trying to harness the urn, you could just destroy the urn. And I was like, okay, but didn't they want to come in here and get the urn? Like, why isn't that the good ending? Apparently the good ending is just being like, hey, let's kill the Undertaker by destroying the fucking urn. Well, spoilers for Caleb. Because, because that's his phylactery. Right. Uh, I want... I want the Undertaker to come out at Survivor Series against the New Day and beat them up because he destroyed their they destroyed his urn. <laughs> uh, long story short, I would give all this right. a five out of five. All right, so, sounds like it's fives all around. All yeah. right, uh, that's that's the episode. Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song. Um, now, uh, yes, that's correct, Caleb. It, that'll bring us to our actual main review topic. That isn't a joke. Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass is a new netflix limited series it's a drama fantasy horror series uh it's a 7.8 out of 10 on imdb I... an isolated ireland community experiences miraculous events and frightening omens after the arrival of a charismatic mysterious young priest uh, this is created by mike flanagan he might know from haunting of hill house uh it stars kate siegel zach guilford and Kristen layman let me just play the ending for you no no i don't want to see how it ends Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. Corey, what did you think of Midnight My Ass? I was going to say Magnificent Masterful Ass. Uh, it was good asterisk sure that that's correct i loved the premise uh i liked like the cinematography and the execution i liked the plot like i liked everything about this except the endless fucking monologues where nobody could just shut the fuck up when they we'll get into it what later. happens when you die oh my <laughs> i that's what I was about to say. I have never... Yeah. I wanted to die. You, you remember when it was like 45 minutes of people like theorizing about what the afterlife is? It was so fucking pretentious. That's the only word for it, was pretentious. I mean, we'll, I mean, get, we'll it, get to it the was, truest pretentious part of the, of the show when we talk about the season finale, or the finale episode, but c continue. But I think this could have been a five out of five great if it was a two and a half, even three hour movie. And they cut down a lot of the like metaphorical cocksucking. Yeah. There's a there's a decent bit of chaff. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was good. This, this is the the series that proves that there's only one thing scarier than vampires, Christians. <laughs> this is the series that proves there is no God. Also, like, they they never once say the V word in this. So it, it's sort of like a Walking Dead type mm -hmm. where, like, apparently vampire just isn't a thing in this world. Well, hold on. Because yeah. nobody's we're, like, we're going hey, they're drinking blood. They're vampires. We're going hard spoilers here. Like, off the bat. And I don't know if I like that. Although, this has been out for over a month, so I think it's okay. Yeah. 
Do people not know it's about vampires? I it's no, about vampires. I didn't know it was about vampires. I didn't vampires. know it was about vampires until so, episode fun, three. Fun fact. Uh, I figured out it was about vampires in the first episode because when yes. they're doing like a pan shot of the guy, the main guy's bedroom, he has a Salem's Lot book on the bookshelf. And it's the only book that's like in focus. I was going to say, this is like very much, it's like a Salem's Lot fanfic. It's like almost beat for beat. And I love Salem's Lot. That's my favorite fucking, Stephen King book. Salem's Lot is very, very good. Yeah, it's uh, the huh? the only time that Stephen King isn't too... <laughs> For, coked like, out Sa- yeah. Salem's Lot was the first Stephen King book that I read uh, I fucking devoured it loved it uh, and I was like man I'm gonna start reading Stephen King book books Big mistake. and then uh, <laughs> I, I went to my local library and got Dreamcatcher and read Ugh. it in like three days and then I was like maybe I'm not gonna read Stephen King books <laughs> uh, I've read when I was younger, uh, I read every Stephen King book up until Tommyknockers, and I was like, listen, I'm like a, a super horny 13-year-old, and I can't even take all this weird sex stuff that he's talking about. <laughs> this is bizarre. It's about aliens. Fucking. That's true. Some of the cinematography really bothers me. Like, there's a couple outdoor shots where people are walking that, like... You would think they would use like a dolly shot, but it looks like it's just shot on a hand cam. So it's just like wobbling and it actually made me kind of motion sick. Yeah. But dollies are expensive. I don't know. I'm guessing. I don't know. Uh, I bet it's much not... like professional armorers. Wh- That's true. Wh- what? It's an Alec Baldwin joke. Keep up. I mean, have you have you priced authentic uh, medieval style plate mail? It's tremendously expensive. I tried to buy a suit of armor really once is. so that I could hide in it. Yeah, I was I was thinking about buying a set of brigandine, not like because I'm into Ren Fairs and shit, just because like, you know, to have for right. home protection. Yeah, yeah. The, a fucking home invader <laughs> walks into your house and you're like, "Not today, Satan!" As they try to fo- no, find no, no, a way a to ho- stab you. <laughs> a home Pan invader shot. comes into my house and I get in the suit of armor and act like I'm just a statue, and they don't know where I'm at. Yeah, well, that's easy for me because I sleep wearing uh, like nude with solid gold, like body paint, head to toe. Much uh, like so, I'll just like hold up an apple and you know pose <laughs> there, and they just walk on by. I'm also three inches tall. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, as for me, uh, as somebody who was of the Catholic faith, and then. Uh, you know, gradually over time, you know, it wasn't because I killed somebody in uh, in a very unfortunate accident, uh, which was my fault. Uh, I I lost my faith, and so it brought up a lot of the same questions that you know, uh, or like the same points that I I was making at that time, being like, this is why I don't have any faith anymore, and this is why I don't practice anymore. And I was there for that, and then it started getting weirder and weirder. And I'm like, I'm here for this. And then the final episode happened, and I'm like, okay, so this is just another Mike Flanagan show where the ending is just horribly unsatisfying to me, and it brings down everything for me, because, again, I don't know what it is about endings, but Mike Flanagan just can't fucking nail them in a way that makes me feel good about it, because, like, I mean, Bly Manor wasn't That's great. interesting. Wasn't great throughout, uh, and the ending was even worse. Uh, Hill House, like, the ending was okay, but it was also like, what the fuck is all this shit? 
And then this, I just, there are portions of the ending that I find horribly unsatisfying. Uh, and like, I, I get what, what they're doing. What do you like about the ending specifically? I just feel like it dragged to a halt. And then like, that's it. It's, it's just, like, I feel like anytime Mike Flanagan does endings, they, they drag to a halt. We, like in the first 20 minutes and then you still have 40 minutes left to go of wrapping everything up and like i get that you have to wrap everything up but like when you're wrapping everything up that quickly into an episode it just feels like you're you've like hit a brick wall and you're like all right now we gotta wrap everything up like now i gotta now i gotta resolve all these threads because otherwise fuck it yeah yeah, there were a couple things in the finale that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. I thought they, like, wrapped everything up with a pretty nice bow. Right, I, and I agree that everything wrapped up. It's just, like, I, I, I feel like the flow could have been better, but I overall, I like the show. How, how fucking awesome was the end of the second-to-last episode? Like, just the what they left you on with the credits? Yeah, I was, was like, good. oh, man, this is gonna go fucking buck wild yeah and then it did yeah they they paid off a fucking vampire invasion well even episode five with you know riley getting killed uh which was probably the biggest thing i didn't see coming in the show like killing off your perceived main character like a little little more than halfway through the show uh, and just leaving with Kate Siegel screaming as the end credits, as the credits roll is, is pretty fucking great. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, kind of like actually Salem's Lot again, or like, I guess like the Telltale Walking Dead game or like anything else where like, it doesn't so much become like the main character fighting and winning against the bad guys. Like it becomes like, hey. There's these specific people who are innocent that we have to save at any cost. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was great, but man, if fucking Mike Flanagan and Nick Pizzolatte ever write something together, it's <laughs> just going to be 47 hours of two characters sucking each other's dicks. Yeah. And that's the big thing is like these can easily be it. 45 minute episodes uh, and, and like there's some philosophical philosophical talking that like we don't need like the whole death conversation like I get why they're doing it it makes sense why they're doing it it just goes on for far too long and that's just like a trademark Mike Flanagan thing where everything seems to just hang out a little bit too long yeah, yeah. Um, this also kind of suffers from the mist syndrome because uh, like it has the same thing as that movie where like the character that you hate fucking lives forever and keeps oh fucking gosh, things up. Yes. Somebody uh, should have it's just like, put can, a bullet Can somebody in. please just murder this uh, insane woman? Right. And, like, she's great. I mean, the character is great as a plot yeah. device, but... And she's great in, in her performance, too. Like, she's she's fantastic. Like, yeah, I, I forgot she was uh, the wife character in uh, Haunting of Hill House. Like, uh, Dario's wife. Oh, uh, yeah. But they they gave and uh, so that's a, something else we want to talk about is the makeup. Uh, it, like they they aged her up a little bit. Uh, we had several people who were playing much older than they actually were. Like uh, we had uh, Riley's mom 
like aged up. Like she's apparently like a forty something year old woman normally. Hmm. Uh, and she, but I think they aged her up to like about sixty. Uh, like she's about the same age as like her actress is about the same age as Riley's actress. Uh, and then you had mm. the mom of uh, the doctor who was playing like 80 and then eventually aged down to like 55 or something like that. Like something insane. Like I yeah, that I uh, immediately figured out that there was going to be some age chicanery going on. Yeah, and I assumed it would be flashbacks or something, because, like, as soon as we saw uh, Father Paul, or, uh, I guess, uh, wait, is this Monsignor something new that I'm unaware of? Because I, you know... Mon- Monsignor Montines. Yeah, I've never heard that in the Catholic Church ever. No, Monsignor's a normal thing. Is it? Mm-hmm. I've heard the term Monsignor before. Huh. All right. It, it, specifically in King of the Hill. <laughs> um. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to watch a show where people uh, quote Bible verse out of context to justify their actions, this is look no further. If you want real world per- person uh, quoting Bible verses out of context, watch this show again too. Like it, it is like a microcosm of society where people just. You know, you know, a, a Bible verse uh, can justify anything they do. But then a Bible verse a day keeps the science keeps, away, it keeps friends away. Uh, but I, I did like the one the one thing that I did agree with that character the with Be- the Bev character about was when she said, you can't just cherry pick all the good things from God that you like. You have to take the warts and all with everything that he's done too, and I'm like, yes, you understand. You like you're a psycho bitch who is an awful racist person, but you get it. You get the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was good. It was good, not great. Yep. I uh, I don't know. I wish it would have been a little bit better. I'm always hoping because. Like, Mike Flanagan works really well in movies. I saw that extended Doctor Sleep. Uh, and that's fantastic. So I think that could have worked as, like, this. Like, a three-act structure kind yeah. of thing. I'd like to see him do a movie on, like, for Netflix. Because right now he's basically only done series. I mean, like, Hush, I think, might have been distributed by Netflix, but it wasn't orig- uh, Netflix original. But other than that, like, yeah, I don't see him doing too many movies for Netflix now. He has a production deal. So he's probably going to do more yeah. stuff, but like, for all intents and purposes, his stuff works. Like people like watching this stuff on yeah, Netflix. I mean, people like it. Yeah. So, oh man, uh, I guess I'll bring up Rahul Kohli. Uh, I liked him. I didn't expect him to be doing an American accent, but he did it, uh, and he pulled off New York co-op pretty well. Uh, his storyline was interesting because you know, it wasn't just like, "Hey, I'm brown," and all this shit, like. There was layers to it because, like, he was like, I don't want, like, I'm okay with my kid learning Islam. I just don't want it to be, or uh, Christianity. I just don't want it to be the only thing. And then uh, it turns out he's just like everybody else. Yeah. He lost his wife and, like, he practiced his faith to honor his, his late wife, who was a devout Muslim. Right. And, like, he wanted his child to also, like, honor his, her memory in the same way. But, but that, well, that's how you end up. He was pushing uh, your religion on people. That's yep. that's why I really yeah. liked when because I was like 
all right, I get this guy's like, he doesn't want this religion getting shoved down his kid's throat, but he's also shoving his own religion down his kid's throat. And I don't think that's cool. But then whenever he was like, let the kid go to the church and stuff, I was like, oh, he like actually gives a fuck about his kid. That's right. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I would say he's he's probably my favorite. I like Riley a lot. I, I really liked Riley. I also really liked um, uh, Father Paul. Oh, Father Paul, yeah. Uh, uh, Hamish Linklater. Like some of his, some of his like actual sermons and like yeah, monologues like and shit are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, Hamish Linklater. I like he's he's been in like a bunch of TV shows before this. Uh, I don't know how this is the first time I'm hearing of this guy because I I thought he was pretty fantastic. Yeah, he's he's going places. He's gonna be a star. Let me tell you. Well, you know, all of our atoms were forged in stars, Corey. <laughs> and, you know, we, we come from dust and to dust we shall return. Uh, hold on, real quick, before we go, uh, before we talk about that part, which is the worst part of the show, bar none. Uh, you know, uh, I think if anybody's looking at awards contention for this show, it's probably Hamish Linklater uh, as Father Paul. And uh, oh, it's like Katie Sloyan or something like that as Bev. Like I, I think those are the two people that will Samantha Sloyan. Yeah, Samantha yeah. Sloyan. Uh, I thought I don't know why I said Katie Sloyan, but I did. Uh, but because Kate Siegel. Yeah. So like those two, I think are the two people we're looking at for for awards contention. All right, now let's talk about the worst part of the show, uh, which is Kate Siegel uh, doing the whole existential well, shit. Well, wait, 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 hold on. Before before we go into this, let me ask you a question. Okay. What do you think happens when you die? Uh, I think it all just stops, which, which I honestly find comforting because at some point I would like to get off the ride. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I've had ex- existential dread about that. Like, Hey, you know, life just stops. And that like part, part wait, of me self, wait, like, let me, let me think about it for a minute. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh no. Someday it's just going to be over. Yeah. Oh God. What is this? Like I, to me that it like yeah you can you can say you're all good about it, un- up until the moment it happens, and then maybe you're not good with it because like the, well, the the mantra of the final the, episode is like a few more minutes, just a few more minutes, and like the fighting for a few more minutes, right? And and yeah, like everybody when they're faced with death, you know they they tell themselves that there's something better coming, but like everybody's like scraping for a few extra minutes, right? Uh, in some cases, literally. <laughs> right. There's a saying, isn't it? Like, there's no atheists in a, like, foxhole or whatever. Yeah. And it's basically just like, when you're really faced with your mortality, nobody really doesn't believe in anything, because it's just so easy to be like, well, you know, I'm just going to pick something, because, you know. Well, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's Pascal's wager, you know, the... The cost-benefit analysis of, you know, whether it's better to be a believer or an atheist, like, if if you believe and there's nothing after this, then, you know, you don't really lose anything. Uh, but if there is something after this and you're not a believer, then, uh, uh, big risk. Do, you, do either of you think there is anything out there? Like, I don't really not, give not a like shit. Not like a god, but, like, do you think there's anything, like... I've always believed that there is a higher power, but they just don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's that's kind of where 
I, I fall of like, I'm sure there's something out there because I can't imagine that like, you know, I know everything well enough to say like, oh, there's definitely no God. Right. Also, I'm going to fucking jack off into a paper towel. Right. But <laughs> what are you saying about paper towel jacker offers, huh? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> but I like so, how it sometimes is. I our dirty laundry you. basket is empty because we just did laundry that day. And isn't that just like God? Sometimes your dirty laundry yeah. is empty. When when God when God because, washes your socks, because... he provides a paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah. I will say this show provoked a lot of like just conversation like between me and my girlfriend of just talking about like oh how do you feel about this and uh, that part of it was interesting. Do you guys have just a forty five like, minute conversation about death? Know. We had a 45-minute conversation about how much we never want to talk about death again yeah. or hear anybody. So so you complained that you had to watch 45 minutes of them talking about death and then talked about death for 45 minutes. It's fantastic. <laughs> no, no, no. We talked um, about people talking about death for 45 minutes and how terrible <laughs> it was. Yeah. I don't know. My, uh, I kind of I fall in the Riley camp on this. Like, uh, I'm I'm part of the universe. The universe is part of me. Uh, you know, whenever I die, I become part of the ecosystem again, uh, of which I'm already a part. And, Was that his you know, stance? Things keep going. Yeah, pretty much. I like, had yeah, been, he took the like science all, stance. All the little like microbes and stuff that live on you, like they I, continue living, and you know, you just break down and become part of the ecosystem and become something else. I had been zoned out for about 15 minutes. <laughs> when I came back in at the end of Riley's conversation, so I actually missed his whole stance. Yeah. Like I, I if if there's one character I see myself in mostly, it's Riley. Uh, it's not just because of the shaved head. It's like this whole demeanor. Uh, like even like even though and the the fact that he, uh, <laughs> you know, killed somebody yeah, in yeah. a drunk driving accident. Yep, yep, yep. We've all been there. We've all we've all done it. Though uh, I will say, he, this is a joke. He FBI. shaved his head by choice. Look, by God, look, I know what you did last look, summer, Corey. I also shaved my head by choice. It's just the choice that I don't want to look like a fucking loser any more than I do. Right? Exactly. Thank you for saying the real word. <laughs> Speaking of priests, I am glad that How they didn't go with that low hanging fruit, though. Like, I, I'm glad they just stuck to philosophical discussions. Corey, yeah. what's the difference between acne and a Catholic priest? I don't know. Acne waits till you're a teenager to come in the face. In this week's installment of I don't know if that can make it into the show. I'll see you on the Christmas episode. Oh, it's staying. There's very little shit that isn't getting that's getting cut out of this, uh, including me sounding like a racist. Or I mean, no one's gonna listen to this. It's fine. You don't know my. You don't know our fucking download numbers. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> my boss. My boss is the number one Netflix and Swill fan. Let's talk about uh, the creature. Oh yeah. How did How did you like the creature design? I thought it was great. I agree. I liked how it looked. Very yeah. spooky. Reminded me of. Uh, uh, just like a video game spooky monster. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I like the way they justified it, it too. like uh, something they would put in like a, a Resident Evil type. Yeah. yeah. I like the way they justified it. 
uh, like, this is an angel. We promise you it's an angel. Like, you, you're going to think vampire based off of everything you know about vampires, but we're calling it an angel because of, and the way they describe it through the Bible usage is that, you know, anytime an angel would pop down from heaven, they'd be like, be not afraid. Hey, don't fucking fear me, bro. I'm, I'm an angel. I'm here to help you. And then, you know, you have this horrifying looking creature. And so, uh, Father John goes, oh, this obviously is an angel. Because I'm, I have dementia. Yeah, that's true. Uh, angels in the Bible are fucking terrifying. I, I always took them for more like cosmic-looking beings than you know. Yeah, like, I guess like a face wreathed in flame right. and like a wheel within a wheel. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, like seeing of. Like if if you if you want to know what angels in the Bible actually look like, play the game Bayonetta. Yeah, that's true. Or look up uh, Herald of Orange, Orange Light in uh, from Yu-Gi-Oh. Or you know, do or, a bunch uh, of DMT. Or or Angemon from Digimon. No, angels don't look like that. Or Angewomon from Digimon. <laughs> uh, no, heaven doesn't hire women. <laughs> uh, big true. All right, uh, existential thing from Katie Kate, Kate Siegel. Uh, what? I I just imagine that Mike Flanagan had a few ribs removed so he could flate himself just as he was writing that entire thing. I he is like he has to have some sexual fetish for watching his wife read incredibly verbose Oscar bait in front of him. I, I think that's the only logical explanation. I mean, I watched it. I I endured it to wait to get to when the plot would happen again. Right. So. I only watched the first five minutes of that. I do have some thoughts on like how the the vampirism curse, if you want to call it that, spreads. Okay, because like the the one character who like discovers that this is happening uh, is a physician. So like she's like, oh, that when you put these blood samples in the sunlight, they explode, uh, and then like starts theorizing about like you know there's some sort of pathogen or. You know, something in the blood that isn't, like, typically supposed to be there that's causing this. And then, like, when you get a big enough dose, you, like, you become allergic to the sun, essentially. So, like, that's great and all. So, like, they kind of take the the science-based approach to vampirism. And then... Like, without offering any sort of explanation, uh, like, the father says he can hear the voice of the angel, like, in his mm-hmm. mind, so apparently they're psychic. And then, like, as soon as the, all, like, all the vampires are destroyed, uh, the girl who, like, had taken the communion, which was tainted with vampire blood, could no longer walk. Like, her, she was paralyzed again. Um, like immediately. Yeah. It's like, oh, so it, it is just like, you know, lost boy rules. If you destroy the head vampire, everybody just reverts right. and immediately. That's, and that's how I took that too. I, I don't think you revert if you're a full vampire though. So like everyone on the island no. died, but the well, girl. I don't think any, and I don't think any of them were a full, like, I don't think any of them were a full vampire though. Cause like the, the angel. I guess is like the vampire lord, like that's the final form of it. But like the things that it creates are like, like Dracula vampires, where they're just people with like enhanced abilities. I guess. 
Like, I don't think that the people then become winged abominations. Well, I just think once you start not being able to be in the sun, that's like you've crossed the line and you can't go back. Right. I agree with that. But like the girl, she didn't get to that point. So that's why she was able to revert back to a normal person when the head vampire died. Yeah, I don't know. My my biggest like issue with it was like they didn't establish like precise rules for how it worked. So like the immediacy of the reversion like just threw me. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I I'm fine with them not introducing rules for it though, because like it's still that mystical thing that, you know, science can only take you so far when you don't have anything to really to compare it against. Like yeah, they they have a best educated guess, but it's still probably like yeah. like forty well, percent like correct. The, kind of like one of the big sub themes of, of it is like religion is how we explain things that we don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Good talk. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what would you guys rate this, Corey? Uh, I'd give it a three. I I watched it. I liked what i remember of it and i blocked out everything i didn't and i'll probably never watch it again that's fair uh i'm going three and a half maybe even the soft four uh i i like a lot of what the first six episodes do i for what like i said for whatever reason like especially when katie siegel's dying and she's doing the the fucking monologue i'm like oh my god just shut the fuck up Oh, I forgot she monologued when she was dying, yeah, too. That was... Yeah. Yeah, she, they do it they again. They do it again. And, like, that's that's what really brought that episode to a complete halt, was watching her do that. But, you know, everything else, good. I'm gonna go kind of a soft three and a half. It could, it could go down to a three. Some kind of right in between yeah. you guys. Um, I don't know, like... Riley, our our main character for all intents and purposes for most of this, like at one point does get vampired. Uh, so like from that point, I was able to kind of like having watched other media in the past was able to kind of like telegraph a lot of the beats that were coming up, which kind of pulled me out of it a bit because it's something that I just kind of carry into movies, too. I try to guess where it's Mm -hmm. going. So like whenever... Well, for one thing, like he does because he's a recovering alcoholic, he does like his apology letters and he's just like fucking Twilight standing in his parents' bedroom staring at them. Um, <laughs> So that was unfortunate. I, I, I will have you know that Ashley then, said like, the same thing, like oh, fucking Edward Cullen over here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then he takes his his would be girlfriend out on a boat. And it's like, you know, is he going to attack her? And I was like, no, he's he's going out there so that like. Uh, the sun will come up and, you know, he'll fucking explode so that she'll believe his story. Surely there had to be an easier way. There definitely did, but there was just no, like, I get what Flanagan's doing there, but, like, having the 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 middle act twist, basically, of, hey, the guy you thought is the main character isn't the main character, and there's no real main character this, to this story after Riley dies. Like after Riley dies, it's it's full on ensemble. Like maybe Father yeah. Father John. It, it kind of shifts to Kate Siegel, yeah. but and she's first build, but like it, it's still not even her. I never really liked her that much. Like she was fine. 
But I was like, I liked Riley. I liked his story and his like redemption arc. And then whenever that kind of fell off, I just. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's. That's midnight my ass. And then I'll bring us to our next thing uh, where we. we venture. You could say we're going from angels to demons. Uh, we venture from uh, the light <laughs> to the dark as we go to Corey's shitty horror movie corner. Guys. I promise, this is good. <laughs> Holy shit, this movie fucking sucks! And we are talking, of course, about Doom Annihilation. The Doom Slayer, having previously been betrayed and teleported away by Dr. Samuel Hayden, returns with a satellite fortress controlled by the AI Vega to quell the demonic invasion by killing the Hell Priests. Uh, Doom Eternal, rated M for Mature. What's the Metacritic Man, on that? What a good game. That's it. That's all I, I still haven't played Eternal. Eh. Eternal's uh, I really, really like... good. Yeah, I need to pick it up. Um, they... No, Do Doom Annihilation is uh, a 2019 action-adventure horror movie. Uh, it's a 3.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Correct. A group of Union Aerospace Corporation Marines respond to a dis distress call from a top-secret scientific base on Phobos. Uh, which they call Phobos in the movie for some reason. Yeah. Uh, one of the moons of Mars, only to discover it's been overrun by demons who seek to create hell on Earth. Uh, this is written and directed by Tony Giglio. Oh no, he wrote and directed Giglio. it? Yeah. Makes a lot uh, of sense. It stars Amy Manson, uh, a woman with a kind of... Terrible accent. <laughs> like, from... From, like, the first moment she appeared on the screen, I was like, oh no, that's just her face. She she looked like she had just smelled something terrible that entire movie. Yeah, it's true. I don't know, it's like, it's not a flattering angle when they first show her, because it's like, you can see up her nose, and, like, her nose has, like, a point on the end of it. It's just, I don't know. I shouldn't judge people based on their appearance. It's just, but I will. This is the, this is the actor they could afford. Yeah. Um. Dan, did you did you count all of the references that they make in this movie to id Software and its many games? I counted at least five. Yeah, well, one of the here's here's kind of an obscure one. Um, maybe I don't know if you would have got this or not, but uh, one of the like zombified scientists that they pull William like J. Blaskowitz. a key card off of is uh William Blaskowitz, which they also pronounce weird. Uh, of course, referring to BJ. William B.J. Blaskowitz, the protagonist of Wolfenstein 3D. W Wolfenstein? Yeah, yeah, believe me, I caught that. Wolfenstein? I was like, wait, is his, name, is his first name really William? And then... Yeah, William B.J. Blaskowitz. Looked it up, sure enough. The B stands for Bill. Yeah, it's true. Bill uh, Job The, the B.J. stands for Blowjob. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, as in uh, Doom 2005, we also had a John Carmack reference. Uh, he was another scientist yep. who died. Yep. Dr. Carmack. Yep. There's a lot of dead Carmacks in this cinematic universe. We had one guy screaming, I am your ultra nightmare, which is the hardest difficulty mode on the Doom 2016 game. Yep. Uh, there, the one kid said uh, he's too young to die, which is the easy mode on Doom. Uh, and then there there was something else, and I can't remember, but like, uh, eh, man. 
Um, definitely, like, visually, like, the hatches look like the hatches from, like, Doom 3. The, the HUD looks um, like the, the new versions of Doom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the key cards look exactly like the key cards from Doom. And they get red, yellow, and blue key cards. And, like, one of the, the sub-missions for the main characters to collect all three key cards to be able to open all the doors in the level. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, they're, they're experimenting with these portals that they find, like, from a lost civilization on Mars, uh, so, like, something comes through that they didn't intend, and, uh, a group of Marines has to go and, and shoot them up, uh, and they, they get to the base and are promptly attacked by the Blue Man group. <laughs> It looked like the orcs from fucking Bright. Yeah, it's true. Also, like, I like how the... So, like, the only Doom enemies that they really show are zombies and, like, I guess they're supposed to be the imps. Um, Like, that's it. That's all the Doom you're getting. Yep. Uh, but, like... The the amount of bullets that it takes to kill one is whatever the scene requires it to, to be able to kill the next hero character, because you got to get down to, like, the lone survivor. All right, you got to get down to your, your one Doomslayer, as per normal. But she's a lady Doomslayer. But she's a lady Doomslayer. So, here's the thing. Doomslayette. How do we, how do you guys compare this to Doom 2005? Uh, Doom 2005 is clearly superior just based on the last yeah. 15 I'll, minutes of I would never ever watch this again I I will watch Doom 2005 like at any point just cuz it's it's actually a comedic masterpiece I I'll give you a better comparison Have you either of you seen Ghosts of Mars John Carpenter's Ghosts <laughs> yes. of Mars I have not I do remember that piece of shit <laughs> I was thinking about that movie this the whole time I was watching Doom Annihilation, and I think I like Ghosts of Mars more than this movie. I would agree. Like I was really thinking, like I I might have to go back and rewatch Ghosts of Mars, but I remember that movie oh, being no, like, don't do that shitty but fun, you know? Sure. And this this is just a fucking abortion right there's nobody fun in this like i mean with it, doom 2005 I, I was always like man the rock just sucks in this like he's it, like they don't have him do anything yeah he's real bad he's real bad but like this is like at least the rock you can tell has talent everybody here like you have like not john noble as your bad guy and it's like okay yeah i guess fuck this yeah the uh the dialogue for this movie is really stilted and weird and shitty like uh they walk into a room, it's like the weapons testing facility, and uh, the main character goes, that's the BFG-9000. I've only ever read about it. Never actually seen one. Of course, no Marine calls it that. Uh, so that the other character there can set her up by saying, what do they call it? And she says, the big fucking gun. You know what the most disappointing thing about this movie was? Uh, the fact that it got made. It wasn't as bad as I wanted it to be, to be like a That's fun, probably bad movie. It was just boring. Like the That's like true. I, I the problem I don't have a lot like 
fun to say about it. Just the whole time I was watching it, I was like, okay, there's going to be some like terrible action or there's going to be like some terrible one-liners or it's going to get fun, but terrible. And it just, you know what it felt like? It, it really felt like a studio had the rights to make a Doom movie and they had to make one every seven years or else they were going to lose the rights. And they just yeah, remembered so that they, yeah, that's, um, that's what I was thinking of. Well, like, I don't know, for the creature effects, like, they look really bad. Like, you can tell they couldn't afford CG for that, because that honestly would have just been better than having guys in, like, shitty blue rubber suits. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, the CG stuff that they do have looks like it's actually rendered in Doom 3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that scene could have been awesome. Like, seeing the Hell World, even for, like, as briefly as we did, I just went, okay, that's interesting. I'd love an entire movie set here. And then they're just like, alright, uh, we killed the ba the main bad guy, we're done now. And then it ends on just, like, in the middle of a scene. Yeah, What the fuck true. was that ending? It was... I forgot about one. that. I blocked that out until right now. What the fuck? It was... We're setting up for a sequel, but we're not going to get the sequel made, because we're this movie sucked. I know I just keep talking about other movies instead of this movie, but have either of you seen Monster Hunter, the movie? Uh, no. I've been hard avoiding it. Yeah, if anyone it. did, it would be Kate so, with every fiber of my being. So, spoiler. Do, do you care if no, I spoil the it. end of Monster Hunter, the the end of Monster Hunter the movie is halfway through, like, a normal movie. They, they don't even run into the main bad guy. They introduce him, and then they're like, okay, now it's time to fight this real thing. And then a giant monster is swooping down at the main character, and then it cuts to credits. And that's what this movie did. They, but, like, but instead of it being by fucking Paul W.S. Anderson who, you know, is probably going to get a sequel to that movie. It's fucking Italian McItalian guy. <laughs> I don't know. I I was just... Yeah. I wasn't even mad at this movie. I was just disappointed. Uh, it, uh, you, can't, you can't say Italian McItalian. It's offensive to Irish people. <laughs> I'm Irish. It's fine. I get a pass. That is true. Have you seen this man's skin? Have I you can't seen even look skin? at the sun. I reflect UV rays back at the sun. People refer to me as an angel. Corey combusts in sunlight. It's true. I don't know, man. Corey, Corey, uh, you're pretty much right. You're you're dead on. Like I didn't I didn't have fun watching this movie. It, it it was just there. It was bad, and it was just there. It didn't do anything to entertain me. It was just unfunny, and there was nothing to make fun yeah. of. What, like, what did you think about Chekhov's red exploding barrels? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, look at these red exploding barrels. I wonder what those do. And it's like, hey everybody, it's a video <laughs> game movie. Let's put in video game shit. Like, this is the other way it could go from Doom 2005. Like, Doom 2005, like, had a couple references to the fact that Doom was a video game, like the first person sequence, the BFG, blah blah blah. This leaned heavily into the fact that Doom is a video game and referenced it constantly. So, like, there's a medium point that you can do with these movies that will make Doom actually an interesting movie. I'd actually like to see, like, a hardcore Henry-style Doom movie, where it's just, yeah. you're from the point of view of Doom guy, and, or the Doom Slayer, 
and you're just fucking murdering people. Or the Doom Marine. Right. Like, and you're just murdering Literally people. Any Doom individual. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is the first time we've uh we've watched one of my bad movies and I've been disappointed. <laughs> I don't know. Adopt some other fucking id software properties as films, you cowards. I, you where's know, my fucking actually do Where's my fucking Commander Keen movie? Or do a Wolfenstein movie. Yeah, give the guy who did uh Overlord the Wolfenstein rights. Yeah. Yeah. Have well, I, I wonder if it's because like you can't have frozen Hitler in something, but like Why you have you, you have a live Hitler in other things, so I, I guess that's it's, hey, water. it's okay to kill Hitler. I know. Yeah, have we reached a point in the United States where we can't kill Hitler at the end of a movie? Oh no, we can. I mean, we got fucking uh, Inglorious Bastards where they not only killed Hitler, they made him fucking mincemeat with uh, you know, MP5s. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just the movie sucked. Yeah, I I I watched it and I was like, you know, the I, I couldn't hit back fast enough to get out of there. I almost wish that I had this had been like a movie I'd seen before so that I could not recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gave us a list of five. I gave the list to Caleb and said, which what do you which of these do you want to watch? He's like, Doom Annihilation, of course. So technically, this is Caleb's Obviously. fault. It is. <laughs> Which, like, you know, watch the movie. Maybe maybe I wasn't drunk enough, or maybe, <laughs> you know, it could have been a little funnier if you're watching it with a group of people, but yeah. it's just... You know, those are those are days I kind of I miss, is, like, watching bad movies with groups of people. Like, like you got, like, five or six, like... I'm I'm not convinced that I'll ever be in a group of people again. Yeah. One of my favorite movie memories is uh, the time where uh, it was at one of your house parties, Corey, and we were watching Hereditary, and it was like three people's first time watching Hereditary. So, oh, yeah. So it was just like me watching Hereditary again, which is already a pretty good movie, and then watching their reactions to everything happening in, in Hereditary that just elevated it for me. So, like... I miss that kind of a setting where, you know, maybe something like this, like, would do something or, you know, everyone would just walk out of the room while watching it because it's just that bad and not interesting. I remember at a house party I had, I, I just, you know, in the background, I had killer clowns from outer space mm -hmm. on. I love that sat movie. Sat there watching it the some whole time. fucking guy, some fucking guy came up and tried to turn it off. And he's like, nobody wants to watch this. And I said... First of all, this is my fucking house. Uh, we're watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And second of all, who are you? Because I don't recognize you. I'm trying to remember who that guy was, too. I don't remember who that guy was. It was you know, you remember that guy, though? I remember that incident happening. Because I was yeah, there. Was I some, remember watching like, Killer Clowns being like, who? Yeah. Uh, and like, who is this yeah. guy? Did you know that uh did you know that Spirit Halloween this year has a full line of killer clowns from outer space costumes available for no, purchase? I did not. That's wonderful though. Thank you Spirit Halloween. That's actually like something I would go as a, a, as a thing to. I'd have my girlfriend dress up as the oh, pizza girl. <laughs> oh, pizza. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've managed to talk about every other movie that isn't Doom Annihilation. That's, that's true. <laughs> Who wants to talk about Schindler's List now? <laughs> Man, speaking of Nazis. Schindler's List. All right. So what would everyone give 
Uh, Doom Annihilation. Corey, we'll start with you again. One. <laughs> That's about right, Caleb. Uh, one. Uh, one is one is the correct number. Uh, even if it's just for the fact that they referenced uh other id shit in the first. 30, 40 minutes of the movie, and then went to boredom mode. Don't worry, guys. I got this next year. <laughs> I trust you. I wouldn't. That's how we got into this predicament. Factual. All right. So that's it. Uh, thank you to Corey for Spooktacular 6. Uh, it was very spooky. You're welcome. The scariest part was talking about some woman sh- uh, shaking a tambourine in some man's face. The scariest part was thinking about what happens when we die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cor- Corey, do you want anyone to find you on the internet? Uh, it's fine. Uh, I-, I do request you put the entire speech about what happens when we die at the end of this. Uh, I don't. We don't need to be losing any more listeners than we've already lost. <laughs> yeah, we we won't be able to upload a file size that large. <laughs> right. Tell them stuff, Dan. Uh, you can find our show on Netflixandspill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Spill, including our Patreon page, where you can, you can contribute to us as I uh, burp my way through it. Monetarily, uh, at any level, uh, one, three, and five dollars. Five dollar patrons get to tell us what they want us to watch every quarter. It's a great perk uh, if you're a person who enjoys suffering and other people's suffering. Uh, Dan, let me ask you a question. Do you sell merchandise? Oh, we do over at our Redbubble store. Oh. Uh, you can also go to netflixandspill.com slash merch, and it'll take you right to our Redbubble store where you can buy all of our merch, including uh, the two-star review shirt that uh, we bullied a man into changing to a four-star <laughs> review with a thumbs up. <laughs> and if you think I'm making this up, I'm not. I We 100% bullied a man into changing his review on Apple Podcasts. So uh, if you've left a bad review for us and still are listening, we'll bully you too. And that man was Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Thank God he didn't have a gun. And, and we've come full circle. Uh, next week on the show, we'll be reviewing Army of Thieves, uh, the next installment in the Zack Snyder Army of... I guess, franchise. Uh, Hopefully it's good. And on the back half of that, we'll be doing a cautionary tale of Netflix that Caleb picked for uh, Monster Hunter Guild of something. Uh, Legends of the Guild. Yeah, that thing. Uh, It's 50 minutes, so thank God for that. And and it's not directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh, Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, uh, which is not the name of a move from golden sun could be you know could be you need to tell uh tony that he needs to just start naming all of the songs after uh events from video games just so we can get the nerd crowd in pyroclasm is also a magic the gathering card with really cool artwork that's true that's um, true I don't know. If you want to keep doing obscure video game names for your songs uh Talk let to me Tony suggest Gregory. you let me suggest you delve into uh No More Heroes and name a song uh Strawberry on the Shortcake. That sounds like a Dance Gavin Dance song. It does. Uh, I don't think anyone would <laughs> accept that. That's, I want to play those games true. again. They're all on the Switch now. Yeah, that's true. Uh until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday.
Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.